relationship becomes so serious. Serious. (laughs) Oh my goodness. If you're dating, it's like you, you take out the interview, right? Like, all right. So what is your FICO score? Yeah. Yeah. People are really out here asking questions like that. Literally all I want you to ask yourself after the date is, can I kick it? Yes, you can. Or no, I can't. Right. (laughs) Right. Can you kick it with this person? If you cannot, there's no reason to start looking for the other check boxes. Right. So what's up happening is that we're grilling a person that we don't even want to be with after the first date. A club because on the She's Got Joy podcast, we remember that our brilliance is our birthright. Welcome to She's Got Drive. It's Shirley McAlpine, your host. Thank you for coming back to another session. And if you are new here. I am a coach, a facilitator, and um, I have my own consultancy, Shirley McAlpine and Associates. And um, and I have been doing this podcast since 2017. The premise of this podcast is we interview black women about their success and how they achieved it. And we dig into their personal and professional journeys. And I share with you strategies, tools, tips, approaches in life so that you can live the life that you want. So that's what we do here on the She's Got Drive podcast. So this week, you know, I'm about to go to New York on Friday. And I want to share something with you about how we manifest the life that we want, how we create um, the thing that we want to work on. Next week is Climate Week in New York. And I'm about to spend the week in New York going to various events around Climate Week and and the things that we could do, paying attention to what are the conversations that need to be had from equity to sustainability to energy access to the science to consumer behavior to the commitments that various governments are making around climate change and the climate crisis, should I say. So many events are happening. So many going to a fraction of them, of course. But I'm also having the privilege of participating and assisting my skills in a couple of the events. And why I I, want to share that with you because it was nearly just a year ago that I was in Ghana working with a client at the Clean Cooking Forum. And it was at that forum that I really got clear that our work, the work that I do in my business has to work with organizations that are addressing climate, the climate crisis in various ways. And since then, I have had the privilege of working with a number of organizations and will continue to. So being in New York next week at Climate Week and participating in a couple of events, going to a number of events to increase my own knowledge, awareness and and networks in that space is so exciting for me. And it is a real demonstration of like where you create a vision for your life and then you go after it, which I've always talked about. But here I am a year later. And if you had said that this would be happening a year ago, I would have said, oh, OK, that is definitely what I want to be doing. But will it happen? You know, um, but it's the tools, it's the approaches, it's the work that I've I've done over the years that I just keep implementing that allows me to produce those things in my life but I feel so grateful and excited and that hopefully if you watch my social media next week then you'll see the like the things that I got up to and the things I've managed to accomplish and, and do and, and the conversations that need to be had and sharing those. It is possible to create your life and vision your life and go after it so 
do that. Absolutely be do, doing the work. This week's episode, if you are someone who is looking for love, if you're someone who's want to revitalize your love even, if you're someone who's really looking at being fulfilled in that area of your life, then this episode is for you. If you're someone who wants to even reflect on how you got to your phenomenal relationship, then this is an episode for you. But it's really an episode about love, life, relationship. And also, it's an episode about not settling. It's an episode about really acknowledging and seeing what you truly want your life to be. And then making sure that you don't settle for less than that. This week we have Coach Cass. And Coach Cass is a love coach. She's a certified matchmaker um, for successful women and has done a TEDx on it. She has her own conference called her book. She's written a book around wanted women and strategies for wanted women and has a wanted women conference coming up that she'll share about in this episode. Um, Just to say to you, as a listener of She's Got Drive podcast, you can get 50% off the registration of the Wanted Woman conference when you click the link in the show notes okay so if you want to attend that conference either in person i think there's a virtual format as well but i I, she will say you go to the go to the site and it will tell you there's 50 percent off if you click the link and the information is in the show notes it's 50 percent off for listeners of the she's got drive podcast okay so um yeah i i love talking about relationships. I love talking about how I got together with Dan and my experience, my experiences of that as well. So you'll hear some of that in this episode. And Dan and I, as you know, if you, if you're new here, you may not know, but Dan, my husband and I have been together for 23 years and, um, we've been married for 22 years next month. No, November, we'll be married for 22 years. And so, um, a long, healthy, beautiful relationship with the twists and turns and ups and downs and, and highs and, you know, um, but always committed and loving and, um, yeah, and growing together. So I give you Coach Cass. Coach Cass, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. I am so excited to be here, Shirley. I'm ready to answer every question. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, let's start with you sharing with my listeners um, what you do. You're talking about you and then what you do and how you came to do what you're doing because it's a pretty unique area that you are focusing on, Coach Cass. Oh, man. It's definitely a calling. It's an important area. So I'm a love coach for professional women. I work with successful single women that have everything but a man. How did I get here? So once upon a time, Shirley, I was dating a guy that I thought was the one. You ever thought somebody was the one before? Do you know what? No. Actually. No? Yeah, it was so, I've got an interview. Yeah, my story is like, it was like, nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope. 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 <laughs> no, no. And then it was well, like, I'm you're not the first one. <laughs> I was in relationships, but yeah. I was like, no, that's not. There it. was no one I got engaged to. There was before I got engaged. There was no one that I came close to. There was no one I was like, "This is the person I'm going to marry." There was no oh, one. That was I was good. Like, I got to the person that you are an anomaly. <laughs> the, 
99 other percent, 99.9% other of women I've spoken to, they're like, yes, right? And so I thought this guy was the one. We traveled together. We did business together. We were going to build a future and a hope, girl. And then one Christmas Eve, I got a call from a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. I said, what's going on? Merry Christmas. He says, uh, are you sitting? I said, well, why? He goes, he's married. I'm s- <laughs> <laughs> I did not think you were going to say that. I'm not sure what I was going to say. I've got, I mean, I have stories about behaviors of men, but I'm sorry. (laughs) That was rough. Okay. Um, My heart shattered. How long did this, how long were you in relation? Two years. I went on the company trips, you know, did all the things. Two years. 2020 hindsight, right? That's a whole nother podcast. And and I I moved forward, but I kept dating the wrong guy after the wrong guy after the wrong guy. It's like, does this, can I fix my picker? Because this is just horrible. And my defining moment, Kate, when I got maybe my 29th wedding invitation, I was just like, okay, is everybody getting married? No matter the age, the stage, the weight, the race. Listen, Toothless Willie just got married last week. Like, why is this not working? <laughs> I'm cute. You're cute. Why is this not working? So right. I decided I decided that was my defining moment. I said, you know what? I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I'm going to draw it behind me, okay? Because I'm not going back. Mm, I'm saying like that. I'm going to draw the line in the sand behind me. Behind me. I love it. Not going back. I'm yeah. going forward. And so my moving forward, I decided to become a student of love. I realized I had many limiting beliefs around love. So I started to read books on love, almost a hundred books. I interviewed couples who had been married for over 25 years, but still liked each other. Cause I know a lot of grumpy married. Did, did you grow up with some grumpy married people? Listen, don't even get me started, which is part of the problem, right? Which is why a lot of people settle. Yeah, it's like I don't need that. I don't want no, that. You know, some people really want to give you coaching on relationships, and you look at them like, um, but what? Yeah. <laughs> When's the last time you slept in the same room? Anyway, <laughs> so, so I interviewed those couples. Then, then I went to marriage conferences as a single woman. There's literally a cutout somewhere where there's like the bride and the groom, and all my friends are like, "Yo, Kaz, where's the, where's the groom? <laughs> like he's coming, he's coming." It's coming. And so I also realized that I had a limiting belief because I'm Jamaican, right? Like Mm -hmm. my mom told me, study a book, everything else will come. So it's like focus on your success and your career. Yeah. And it'll happen. Yet it wasn't happening. You know, so I I also interviewed successful women who were successful in business and in love. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it in my immediate, but that didn't mean that it didn't exist. So all of that plus more led me to the amazing marriage that I have now. Yes, he still gets on my nerves, but I would never- That's the nature of being with people. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I just want to make sure that I don't paint perfect pictures. Right. right. I'm conscious of that because I see a lot of that in social media and I'm not a perfect picture. 
But what I am is a work in progress and I choose to work with this specific person. Yeah. We have created something that's beautiful. We have a beautiful baby girl. So then I find that so many professional women were like me, almost settling. I look back and I say, oh, wow. I almost was with that one or with that one. Oh, that would have been the struggle bus, not knowing that this is what God had for me, right? Yeah. So, so many times I'm seeing women settle in these situations because they don't think that there's more. Holy. They think there's nothing else. like all the men are missing. Like there's no more quality men out there. You know, like there's this mindset or I'm just going to focus on community, career, kids, cousins, whatever. And love will come. But it's not because she's not putting any energy into yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, well, I've, I certainly had an experiences before where I. I did live with. Someone. And then I had, I've had experiences like that, but it wasn't like I did. The problem was like, that wasn't someone I want to wake up to for the rest of my life. Right. But, mm-hmm. and then I had to, and I did go through a period where I was like, oh man, I did it. But you join a narrative around it. And if you keep speaking that, then you're never going to be in a, you know, ne- you literally are never going to be in a, in a happy, fruitful satisfying relationship if your narrative is all men are filling the blank you know and whatever negative conversation that that is and I had to do the work on myself Mm. that was one of the insights because I did have some some dodgy experiences and I was like how I invited that man into my life that part Ah, that was (laughs) like come in welcome and then you start acting like that and you do what no, I had to really look. I invited, I invited him in. Yeah. Me. When I really got that, that's when the shift occurred. Beautiful. Or really so beautiful. going after what I really wanted and stand and really looking like, well, what do I want? Rather than just like and someone so comes many. along in your queue, let's go out for a date. No, sorry. So I was talking to one of the members of my community. Mm-hmm. Hey. And, um, you know, she had a couple of guys that she was entertaining and like sleeping with one or two of them. And I'm like, what exactly is the prerequisite? And this is a woman over 40. Let's not say, you know, because sometimes we're like, oh, that's younger in age. Okay. Over 40. All right. Almost 50 or at 50. And she, I was like, well, what is the prereq for this person to sleep with you? Right. And when we started to look at it, there was no prerequisite, you know? And it's like, this is why I do what I do. Cause so often we are laying down with people expecting there to be more or laying down with people we have no, we have no interest in doing anything with and wondering why we're not at the relationship yet. Specifically, I work specifically with marriage-minded women or women who want long-term partnerships. Cause I get it. Sometimes people get divorced and they're like, I don't know if I want that marriage thing. (laughs) So it's like, you know, long-term partnership marriage. If people are looking for flings, that's not, that's not my client. That's not who Uh, I want. But really helping to retrain our minds, understanding like, where do women really learn about relationship? rom-coms dysfunctional family mm-hmm. that's about it like people say oh well at church i'm like church doesn't teach you when to date and what to text and what to wear on the te- date you know like it's still not exactly yeah. there, plain black and white or, so, or what to as you said what is the what are your conditions of satisfaction mm-hmm. it doesn't even allow you to have that you no one's even consciously having that conversation i love what you said what's the prerequisite for someone to wrap up with you 
Yeah. That's their cue. I mean, it's like, that's, it's like that's what it becomes. Like, is that a, that sounds like a high bar, but really it's a low bar? It's not. Because you, know? you are like going, this is me. I'm literally spending my time, my energy, my resources, my love, my my passion, my whatever, my juices, literally. All the juices. All okay. the juices with you. <laughs> We're still operating on middle school mentality, right? Yeah. Oh, so that little that little notepad of the do you like me? Yes, no, maybe so. <gasps> he likes me. Somebody likes me. Wow. So I must go be with them. Yeah. No, no. ma'am. No. no. Yeah, I think that's this is like I'm I'm sure there'll be people like <laughs> you're hearing you, right? Because it's true. Yeah. And because we, it's a conversation that's not really had amongst women. This, am I wrong? We don't really. And then let me tell you, there's also a conversation around marriage where people, I don't think, have an empowering conversation around marriage and marriage as a creation. It's so weird around relationships and when relationships are working or relationships are not working. Because when I got married, I remember coming back from my honeymoon, right? And mm. I was so excited, you know, like I'd come back. I was like, you know, like I was like bouncing and, you know, I was straight. I was straight. Let me just say I was straight. And then I said, and I said oh, how was it? I said, oh, it was great. And it was like, oh, it's because you're in the honeymoon period. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> just <laughs> all on your parade. <laughs> oh, wait till you come to seven. Uh, what? Literally, do not piss on my parade. Can you just leave your nonsense over? And I really started to hear how people speak on your relationship based on their experiences. But really, it's just like, I know. I don't want to hear that. I want to be in a conversation for what's possible. So you just triggered something for me. During our wedding, we had everyone get up and repeat a pledge. (laughs) of what they would not do to us, right? And that they were in full support of our marriage and do everything to make sure we stay together. I had people put their hands over their heart. All right, everybody, y'all ready? Because <laughs> this is the foolishness is not here, you know, because it's family. It's family that yeah. you, that's jacking up your stuff. Oh, well, I would never blah, 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 right? right? These are the people that mess you up. And for my single professional women, it's like this family that's like, well, why are you still single? Well, did you introduce me to somebody? Right. <laughs> no, you're not talking because you still have cousin Ray Ray over there that's just sitting on a couch. Like, right. you know, like my nobody is better than that somebody, right? So it's just like, we also have to look at who we're allowing in our ear. Yeah, right? exactly. When it comes to love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. What is the... um? What is your wish for someone that you, when you, when you, when you meet a woman who is sharing her, like, let's come back to this woman who's just letting someone wrap up with her and has no conditions, mm-hmm. of, like no core criteria yeah. for that apart from. Oh, we fixed that though. We fixed that. Yeah. So, but <laughs> you said that sucks, but that's how she met you. She met you in that, in that place. Right. So when you, when you're speaking to someone in the beginning, what's your, what's your wish for, for her as you speak to her? 
So my wish for her is what another client was just telling me the other day. So when she came to me, she was in a five-year relationship. She wanted marriage and he was saying it's coming. <laughs> but where is it, right? Like, what are we waiting on? Don't right? even get me. Okay. <laughs> like, like, if you don't know now, sir. <laughs> five years. So, you know, one of the things I help with in my community. Don't know now? Okay. <laughs> Is I help women vet, right? I help them vet. So we talk about your situations and I tell you who's a good candidate and who's not, right? So I told her, this is this guy gotta go. It's up, it's still up to you. You're a grown woman, but in my experience, that's pure foolishness. So she decided oh. to let him go. Oh, did she let him go? She decided to let him go, but wait, <laughs> but wait. I didn't wait, but go on ahead and story. Keep going. So, so a whole year passes and she's happily single and dating and having a good time. And he writes her a four-page letter. And closed it with a kiss, right? So she went back for two weeks. Of course, she didn't tell me this till after. So, so she went back for two weeks and she said, Coach Cass, this man had not changed. It was strange foolishness, just goodbye. So this time she really said goodbye and she felt good about it. And the next week, she re-met an old coworker. And this man has been consciously courting her for the last month and a half. Hey, we should do this. Hey, let's make a plan for this. She has never felt this in her life where a man is intentionally seeking to spend time with her. And she asked him, what is your intention? He was like, I want to court you to get to know you better. So to see if there's something more, very open, honest conversation. You know, so it's just like, that's what I desire for Client number one, I, I shared with you, it's like what it's like to be doted on, to yes. be doted on, yes, intentionally dated, you know, like where you don't have these questions. What I find with a lot of professional women, a lot of women, women with goals, it's like we sit up at night at midnight thinking, does Billy like me? Does Rashid, does Jose, does Tim, does Chin, whatever culture, <laughs> does he like me? Well, if he's not calling you, he don't like you good enough, girl. You know, like you don't, nobody is too busy to talk to you if they really want you. So this is where I, I created this movement of becoming a wanted woman, right? A wanted, yeah. wanted woman, right? So women achieving new triumphs every day. So we were born wanted, but then what do we want? And yeah. we have to be very clear about that. I love it because the way that, there's so much in there because it's like people who wait for five years and expect something else to happen where there is literally no evidence of that thing happening. It's like, it, that is the notion of a pipe dream, right? Whether you're just like, that is a pipe dream. When you look at the evidence, stuff is going to happen. I love that in one respect, it's, it's so interesting that she goes this in this ex experience of this woman, she goes back, but she's no longer the person that she was, you see. She's she's like a year's gone past. She's living her life. She's getting to know herself. She's increasing confidence. So her lens, and she stepped out of it too. It's like a, a fish doesn't know that it's a fish until it's out of the water. It, she goes back in and she can now be, the, she now has a third eye, as we, as we call it. She can now be an observe, observer of the relationship versus just being in it. And she's like, oh, sir, no, 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 no. Oh, no, mm, no. You, and really, it must be fascinating for really seeing, like, I really lived with this every single day. Right. There's a sadness there, too, I imagine. 
Yeah. Kind of grab yeah that's, that. the, that's the heavy stuff that I work with. From yeah. Victory, you yeah. Know, countless stories like that, but it's, it's, it's helping women to make better decisions Yeah, when it comes to love and that we are not desperate as society says, or disposable, and we don't have to be destructive. You know, it's like, no, I'm wanted. I choose, which is a whole different narrative, right? We know that, you know, a man findeth the wife, he finds a good thing, but you still have to say yes. Right. Like, like you're getting down on the knee. It is up to me to say yes. So we got to see. Well, you know, I've got another story around that because I, when (laughs) I was dating someone, Dan and I were friends, right? And uh, we met and then we were friends for like, I want to say eight months, something like that. And as the friendship was developing, it felt like there was something else. But you know, when you're in that and you think, but if I go into the something else, there's two things. One is if I go into the something else and it turns out not to be it, then I'm, then I end up without a friend too. Right. That, that thing. But the other thing was I, in that eight month period, I also started to date someone who was really a lovely guy. He was lovely. But then I looked at him one day and I thought he's someone else's lovely. Oh, he belongs to someone else. He's great, but he's someone else's great because mm-hmm my heart was being pulled in another direction and I just felt like it was unfair. And so one day I, it was just like, he came over, we were going to go, this is place in called Hatfield and it has this beautiful Hatfield house. It's this beautiful small town, English town. You can go. So we were going there for the day. And when he arrived in the morning, I just said, I need to talk to you. It was like, "Uh Oh, and I said, you know, you're just such a fantastic person. You're a great person, but you're someone else's great. And I just don't feel like it's fair to continue. And I, so I, I want us to, I need to release you to, to someone else because I need to find my person. And then he said to me, is it Dan? And I said, (gasps) and he said, there's something about when you're together that I just feel like, and I said, you, I said, do you want to, and he was, I said, you are being so beautiful in this moment. This is what I'm talking about. You are great, but you belong to someone else and not me. And he said to me, can we still spend the day together? And I said, absolutely. And we spent the day, it was a beautiful sunny day. We spent the day together. We were like, and then at the end of the day, and we talked, we acknowledged the fun times that we had, what we learned in being together. And really it was like, that's what our relationship was about, our, our lessons that, that we had together. And then we parted. Mm-hmm. And then um, I kid you not, within two weeks, he met this woman. And then this is the woman that he's still with to this day. Wow. Did they get married? I believe they got married. <laughs> and um, and then I and Dan started to date. And then a month after we dated, we moved in together. Two months after that, we got engaged. And a year later, we got married. And we've wow. been together. We've been together for 23 years. And this year would be our 22nd wedding anniversary in November. Oh, this is so beautiful. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So what I love about this is something that many 
women struggle with saying goodbye. Mm. Sometimes we will hang on to something that seems great. And I always say it great for someone, great for somebody else may not be great for me, right? Great guy, just not mine, which is beautiful, right? That you were able to listen to that. You didn't really have any qualms with him, but you just knew that this wasn't it. And there's so many women hanging on to somebody else's great because they're afraid to create space to let something else in. Right. Afraid to be alone. They're They're afraid to be alone. Yeah. And every time, and and it really does take up the energetic space. So you can't allow for your person to arrive. Right. So part of that, you have to create space in order for, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me just say that there was work on myself before that point that allowed me to answer that that I got to a point in my own development where I had to answer the question around being deserving because mm-hmm. that's what I had a, like a thing about I don't deserve to have the love that I want and now it's like oh you got work to do when I saw that you know mm-hmm. uh, I remember entering into this program which was about love and intimacy and getting to you know understand yourself right and oh, then, now that is a rarity, right? So that's good. Yeah, so I did a program, but let me, this is the degree to which I was like, I remember being in this program, you know, and it was, I was queasy. Do you get me? I'd sit in there going, I think I'm going to vomit. You know, like people were talking like, oh my God, I feel hot. As the conversations were going, because it was really confronting. That's how far I was like out of it. It was like, and every week I'd be like, I don't want to go back to the next seminar. I just think oh, I don't want to go back. And then you're dragging my ass in there because I'm like, you, that's, that's your work. That's your work. I'm so proud of you. That you know, is- so you've got to do the work. I knew I had to do the work. I got to the point where I really needed to do the work because of my life experiences up to that point. My parents, what I grew up in and what I, what you make up about yourself and your life and it's like okay if you want to be in relationship you got to do the work so that had happened before this relationship so it gives you a I don't know if I would have had that insight about him if I hadn't done that work you know where did we teach this like if you didn't go to that what do you have your mom your grandma (laughs) The people in the neighborhood, like they're not talking about this deep stuff. They're talking about what you're eating for dinner. You shouldn't wear a skirt. Oh, that's- it's so light. It's so high. It's not, even, I can't say high level. I can't, superficial. Yes. The conversations that are being had on, or there's the deeper loss, upset conversation that's being had with your one girlfriend or something, mm-hmm. but it's not looking at the whole of who you are in relationship to relationship. That part and how yeah. it's affected you. Yeah. Operate as a result and why you do what we do. You know, like there's some things that were like, oh, it has to be like this. But then when you dig deep, it's like, oh, because my mom did it when I was seven. And that's what stuck with me. Right. Like, can we let that go? <laughs> For instance, I, I, I just came off a call with one of our new members of the Real Love Network just now before this call. And um, she's working on her PhD and she just got a new job. And one of the things she's realizing, through our conversation, she loves sleep, but she's staying up till 3 a.m. 
perfectionizing, I don't even know if that's a word, but trying to make her stuff perfect when it comes to her PhD work. Right. Like, so it's done, but then you're spending another three hours trying to make it perfect. So I had to go, you know, like I'm, I'm also like a certified life coach. So, you know, we, we delve into all the things. So one of the things we realized is the reason why it has to be perfect is because she was raised by a mother that wanted her to get straight A's in school. And I said, okay, well, why are you even getting a PhD? Oh, because I want to do this kind of work to advocate for students and parents. I said, do you need a PhD for that? She said, no. I said, so essentially you could do the life's work, God's work that you're called to do right now without this PhD. So this PhD is really like recreational. Like you're just doing it because. Right. So all this extra stress on yourself to be perfect for something that you're just doing just because. She's like, well, Yeah. I said, is that really necessary? Or can you go to sleep? So one of the things I invited her to do was to release the pressure and invite the peace, right? Release the pressure and invite the peace. Too often we're putting all this pressure on ourselves. Nobody else is putting on us. Right. How do we invite the peace? Because even if you want to invite a man in, it all all connects. So if we want to get in a relationship, but then... You, you stuck to your whatever till three, four o'clock in the morning. Then you get in the bed and then you're on Instagram for another hour. Like what kind of relationship are you having? And she said, you know yeah. what? My ex did complain about me needing to get sleep because I turned into like a cranky seven-year-old. Yes, said, okay. <laughs> you in your fifties talking yeah. about being a cranky seven-year-old. Ain't nobody trying to hang out with you, sis. So it all comes together. Yes. Ain't nobody want to. Hmm. It's, it's about like, yeah, I love because it's, I love how it's, I mean, that's about loving on yourself, right? Yes. And taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you can love on yourself and take care of yourself, then you, you also are a, a space for love to come to you. That right. Or that you are, or that you can see when someone's honoring and loving you versus mm-hmm. if you're not treating yourself right, then when someone doesn't act right with you, you're like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Kicking everybody out. All potential suitors can't even see them because you're delirious from your lack of sleep. Yeah. You, and one thing I know when you've got drive, we always are on the go. We always have yeah. the next goal. The goals don't stop. When you hit one goal, you go to the next goal. Like we don't Let's know another one. Rest, relax, and I don't have another R. <laughs> we don't we just rest, we just, relax. Restoration. Okay. <laughs> if you look at, if you look, uh, one of the theories that um, we look at in this, uh, and she's got drivers around success and our notion of success. And of course, you've talked about your 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 clients are successful women by a number of standards, right? Well, when inside of this work that you're doing, and for yourself in your life, how do you define success? So, okay. So inside of the work that I'm doing, the success are these conversations of these small shifts, right? Oftentimes when I get a call, they're like, well, can you guarantee the success of me getting a man? I'm like, this is not a get a man club, right? This is how do you become a wanted woman and attract what you want in your life? Because you're not, right? So for me, the small shifts, just like with Michael Jordan, just shifted eight millimeters to the left. And now you could get the slam dunk. It's like, okay, this young woman 
is saying that she's sleep deprived. So how do you move from sleep deprivation to an amazing marriage? You got to work on the sleep deprivation. For the woman who is holding on to her ex and can't get in a new relationship, how do we release the ex? So then now we can be doted on and cared about and courted. For the other one who had no standard of who she sleeps with and allowing anybody in her world, how do we now allow her to say, you know what? No, thank you. This isn't right for me and being able to step away from situations that aren't right for her. So for me, all of those, I count as a success, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really hard for me to quantify because people are like, oh, but then tell me all these numbers. I was like, but those things are the things that matter. I'm still working on that, you know, on how do I quantify all of that? But it's the shifts to me that make real success. So they make my heart just swell filled. And then in terms of my regular life today, I went to my daughter's chapel. So On this day of the week at 9.45 a.m. every single week, she has chapel. And I said to myself, when I was working a nine to five, I probably couldn't have done this, Mm. but I work for myself. So what is the excuse? Have a meeting, get on Zoom, do a thing? No, go be with your daughter. That's the purpose of having this flex schedule that not everybody else has. So for me, that's success because then I'm able to do things for my baby girl that I wouldn't have been able to do before, yet still make an impact on my ladies. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, the success is how is living life how you define it. One more, one more. So I asked her, what are you looking forward to school to at school today? And she's like, oh mommy, I don't know, but I want to go back on the yacht. <laughs> I said, well, ain't you a soft life? So over the summer, we took her to Mexico. Love and it. We were dancing on the bottom, back of the yacht and we were playing da-da-da-da. That Vivir. Yeah, yeah. When I say this girl plays this thing like every single day and it's just like the joy in her spirit. So to be able to create these really fancy experiences and for her she's like can we just move on a yacht you know it's just for me that's so cool you know so that that for me is also uh success being able to create these special moments with my family that you could look back at and say you know wow that's cool when you think about your early life and um what is it about your early life that has led you to be doing this work in this moment. Now I know that your journey through your experiences, but I I always say it feel like we're born for something. And so what do you when you look at that early life, where what what connection do you make? It's so funny that you asked that question, right? So in fifth grade, I am a certified matchmaker, right? So in fifth grade, I introduced two people. And they are still together and they have 12 children. What? (laughs) They have 12 children and they are happily married and they don't hate each other. And the children love them. I'm like, y'all should have a TV show, but they're not because I don't know. I feel like TV shows kind of break up your marriages, but that's a whole nother episode. (laughs) Like a lot of drama with all those people with the cameras, but, (laughs) but you know, 12 children, Many decades of marriage. I'm just like, wow, I started this from early, you know, from early. And I remember in college, I introduced a couple and they are still married. You know, so for me, you know, love has always been a thing that I've been interested in. It's always been a thing that I cared about. And, you know, many families have family drama. 
I am that person that I don't do drama with anybody, right? So it's like, I've always had the foresight of whatever's happening in your life is happening to you. It's not happening to me. And mm-hmm. if you're mad at me for some reason, more than likely it's something within yourself. This this is something that I've always thought of. So I, I don't bring on the drama with people. I just look at them like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, like you're going through whatever you're going through. Right. And if somebody like offends me, I'll usually say to myself, they don't know better. So then I've always had a, a grace type of space mm-hmm. for people, which I notice many people are quick to cut folks off, family, friends, whoever. And that to me doesn't serve, right? So now as a married woman with my husband, it's like, look, the only way you leave and sir, is in a box. We real resolute over here. <laughs> we gonna work this thing out. And you know, we get on each other's nerves just yesterday. We got on each other's nerves. And then I started talking about something random. He said, those Instagram memes are real. You know, when you both don't really want to apologize. So you just start saying, so tell me about that green bag over there. You just make a random conversation to start, to start talking like y'all were just in like a semi spat. (laughs) So we both chuckled over that and it was done. It was done. But that's years of training and understanding um, how I want to operate in my yeah. life. Well. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of um, God, if you didn't come across Gottman Institute, of yeah, course, yeah. Gottman's work. And, and he, he talks about when after, after an argument or something where the one partner will throw, will throw something out and your job is to catch it, you know? Yeah. But if you yeah. don't catch it and they keep throwing it out, then that's it's when it's perfection. Shit. Say that again. A bit, yeah, bit perfection, yeah. And you got to keep, you got to keep catching the bit. Otherwise, it drops, and you're like, oh, we're getting deeper in this, yeah. um, rather than than catching it. So, mm-hmm. I what are the, what are the rules of, if there's some guiding principles for relationships that you would share with people, what would be, what would be your top three? Yeah, guiding principles. One is to give grace. So for instance, um, today has just been a very busy day, right? And then my internet was out for like nine hours yesterday. So I was stressed. Wow. And my husband has a retreat this week and he likes to come home. He doesn't stay at the hotel. He likes to come home. So one, that's pretty amazing, right? This man has a retreat at a hotel. He could stay in a hotel. You know who's staying at the hotel? Me, right? Like I'd be at the hotel if I have a retreat, but yeah. he comes home every day because he'd rather be at home with his family every night. But when he came home, I wasn't, cheerful Becky, right? So I was like stressed. Like I got this interview. I got this webinar, you know, on the internet, you know, and I was not the nicest period. And, you know, he said, babe, are you having a bad time right now? I said, yeah. He said, oh, that explains it. So it comes to a place of understanding Mm. who you're with so it's important to become a student of the person you desire to be with or the cer- the person that you have made up your mind you're going to be with. Because if you don't take the time to learn them, then you easily get offended by everything. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have such a cancel culture and a catch offense culture. Like what if we decided not to catch offense for a whole day? Just practice. Yeah. What if we decided to not catch offense for a whole week? Oh, I texted this person. They didn't call me back. Oh, I call this person. They didn't come back. You know, like we get a fence all over the place because we're all children just wanting to be loved and validated. That's what I've decided. Every adult is a child that wants to be loved and validated. So 
Okay, right? So one is give grace. Two, mm, relationship guideline is to study your partner, right? Mm -hmm. Take the time to study who you want to be with. And if you're single, study them. Don't ask 97 questions, study them. Where do they show up? How do they speak? What do they speak about? And then you decide if this is the person you want to be with. The problem is you ask the three questions, they check off the box or you tell them what you want. So then they pretend to be that. And then nine months down the line, you're like, oh, this is all acting because you gave them the playbook, right? (laughs) We are no longer handing out, you know, the playbook from the secret (laughs) vault. It's like, no, I just want to get to know you. Right, right. And then then we'll we'll figure it out. Then we'll see. I love that. I love the studying your partner. Yeah. So Grace, study your partner. And the third would be have some fun with this, right? Relationship becomes so serious. Serious. (laughs) Oh my goodness. If you're dating, it's like you, you take out the, the interview, right? Like, all right. So what is your FICO score? Yeah. Yeah. People are really out here asking questions like that. Like, can I, when I was on Clubhouse during the pandemic, the crazy stuff they would say on there, I'm like, what? literally all I want you to ask yourself after the date is, can I kick it? Yes, you can. Or no, I can't. Right. <laughs> right. Can you right. kick it with this person? If you cannot, there's no reason to start looking for the other checkboxes. Right. So what's up happening is that we're grilling a person that we don't even want to be with after the first date. So how about you just figure out if you like them? Yeah. Oh, I like this person. Maybe I should find out a little bit more. For me at the time it was like create different situations for the date. Right. Not just always. Well, and then at some point, the one of the gauges was how are they? How how are they with my mom? Mm. Yeah. One of them. How are they with my family? Do they, how do they, how, how do they talk about their family? Oh, well, that's something I definitely teach in my program is how do we not date in a silo? Because too often do we just have the two and they're like, oh, this is so amazing. We're practically engaged. Hello, family. And everybody's like, who is this? I don't know you. Right. So remember that these people, your family are going to be at your table for the rest of your life. But before you exclude them in such a major decision, include them. Yeah. Now, the people with the failed relationships and the madness, maybe they're not on the front row of that conversation. Yeah. Or they're just not. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Like understanding when they say something, you're like, don't even. Right. (laughs) It's like a cloud. You need to let that one just pass you by because. That's it. Bye bye. Yeah. That's That's it. That's it. When you think about your life, um, what's one of the biggest challenges that you've faced and have you overcome them? The biggest challenge? I think it's been that story I started out with, right? right? So for me, that was a huge heartbreak and defining moment for me. And for me, it was not to allow it to define me. Mm. You know, as a Christian woman with good core values. Never would I ever have thought I'd end up in a situation like that. You know? So a part of me is like, I'm going to hell in a handbasket. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) how do I get through this? And it's just like really being able to understand that we all make mistakes, but that mistake doesn't define us. Mm. And we've all been through something like back 
I, in, in college, I used to be the person, the sex health educator, like I have my master's in public health. So I used to go around and like teach people about STIs, STDs, all that stuff. And, and the one thing I would say is that nobody wakes up one morning and say, I want a sexually transmitted infection. Nobody. Right. So it usually someone tricked them, like yeah. if someone knew yeah. and then they had it or they didn't know. And then they yeah. had it. Wait, I don't just go to the store and try and pick it up and rub it all over me. Right. So when I start to realize that, that many of what has happened to us doesn't necessarily define who we are. Mm. And so really being able to separate those two and find my identity again in God. Right was huge for me mm-hmm. yeah it's quite a big thing to come back from because it's the deception it was two years so yeah wild really yeah yeah like i'm sorry it happened to you you know but it's okay because literally okay. it catapulted me into what i'm doing now it's true so i don't regret anything because i'd probably just i'd probably be living somewhere in africa teaching on HIV right now, which isn't horrible, right? Like it's okay. But like, it just, it just put me in a different trajectory, which mm-hmm. has been a blessing, you know, yeah. so many. Yeah. So, so many blessings in that. We talked about people in our family and, and so I wanted to come back to like women in our family and, and female elders in our family who I'm going to look at like, are the ones where there are pieces of wisdom that emerge for you? Or is it really, you're shaking your head, you're like, no. <laughs> I, I'm Jamaican, okay? All the women in my family are single, okay? They had a man for about two days that gave them a child, and then that man was gone. So they could have been married, they may not have been married, but there are no men, right? And then for like the one couple that was married, the woman told me, hey, every man cheats. So across the board, when it comes to relationship advice from the eld- women elders in my family, I can't take any of it. Even my own mom. I remember Andy and I were dating for like a year and a little bit. And she said, well, you're spending a lot of time with this young man. And, you know, he's not marrying you. I think you should stop spending so much time with him. I did not listen to my mother. I was engaged three, four weeks later. Andy said, if you had changed how you operate with me, I would have then withdrawn and we probably wouldn't be together anymore. Right. So we have to be very careful of the conversations we have and what we allow to stick to us versus bounce off of us because people mean the best. But oftentimes if we're listening to advice, from single people and want to be married or unhappily married people and want to be married and even happily married people and want to be married. We have to be very careful of where we take advice from because just just because it worked for one person and in their marriage does not mean that it applies to you. And sometimes what happens a lot with love is we're like ear hustling. Oh, well, how did it work for Susan? Okay, I'll try that. Yeah, yeah. Already been chewed information like get something good for you yeah so really like tuning it in I always think with any kind of advice anyway you take what empowers you and you and you leave the rest mm-hmm. you know if it doesn't empower and really listen for who's delivering the message yeah because it's you're right it's not always a trustworthy source 
So would you aspire to be that person or being that? And if the answer is no, it's just like, I don't understand why. Relationships is so interesting because that is actually an area where you see it time and time again. People taking advice or doing things what someone said and you think, but when you look at where it came from, it doesn't make sense. If you want to be an Olympic (laughs) Olympiad, you make sure you find a coach who, who has coached other Olympic athletes. Am I wrong? Right. And then at the same time, in relationships, it's like it's all all bets are off. It's like for anybody, you can have a have realtor, a- <laughs> the surgeon, the construction worker, the single man, the divorced woman, the the person that's never been married, the person that's been married five times. You know, it becomes oh well, I've gotten married five times, or the failed engagement. Oh, I've been engaged to six times, so I know. You know, it's just like anybody during the pandemic on Clubhouse. Everybody would start a relationship room. I had to get out of the rooms. I was like, I can't stand it. They're talking about anything like, like, you know, like our, our dearly departed uh, expert, you know, it's just like (laughs) people say anything and then folks will hang on to their every word. So for me, I seek to be a calm, a light in this space. That's just talking real truth to the power of who women are in terms of their choosing and being wanted. And yes, I get the soft life and wanting the soft life, but most of the women I work with are very driven, you yeah. know? So soft life is tough, you know? And and it's okay to be soft and driven at the same yeah, time. Like you, exactly. could do, you could do both. There's a time and a space for both. I don't need to give up my ambitions and just sit on the couch and like waft through the house and not work ever so somebody else could pay my bills. I don't, I don't have to do that. It's nice sounding, but- when you're driven and you got stuff to do, like you don't want to live your life like that. You don't yeah. want to do that. No. Yeah. I think it speaks to the the but as we talked about earlier, the gap between the information, the awareness, the knowledge, because people are, and the and people are desperate to have belonging, to have a partner, to because we that's that's like who we are as human beings, right? We is we we crave connection and being together, but mm-hmm. We don't know how to do it in a meaningful and appropriate way. My closing questions are questions which are, I still give you a sentence and you finish the sentence. Okay. Something most people don't know about me is? I jumped from a perfectly working airplane, 15,000 miles in the air. (laughs) It was one of the best experiences of my life. I was dating my husband, Andy, at the time. And he said, I'm not coming with you and call me when you go, when you're on the ground um, after you jump. Because if you go splat, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Oh my God. That is me. He's like, he's like, oh, sweetie, I'm not, no, you're on your own. How's that going? (laughs) Um, As a child, I was. As a child, I was quiet. Which is like, what? Coach Gas was quiet. Yeah, as a child, I kind of stuck to myself. I I used to collect little pictures of things that I wanted and put it inside of my purse as my own little mini vision board in my purse. Um, and I always loved music, reggae, uh, uh, Barris. <laughs> Barris Hammond, did you say Barris? Yes. Barris Hammond, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Barris. Um, one of my superpowers is. One of my superpowers is giving people the ability to share their business, you know, like the deeper level stuff, like they easily share the core of who they are with me. Mm. The adventure I want to go on one day is? 
Bali. I want to move to Bali for a month. I'm still trying to work on my husband. <laughs> I, I love Bali. <laughs> love Bali. You just say, I can, I can say you know. that a little sooner than later. Yeah. One thing I learned about love is. One thing I've learned about love is it's never too late. You're never too old. And it's always looking for you. What a beautiful way to end the conversation. Thank you so much. It's been really wonderful to, to have this time with you, to get know a little bit more about you and the, just the power of your work and your commitment to love, man, your commitment to women and women being wanted versus women being feeling unwanted and settling in life. So, so good. Thank so you for good. having me, Shirley. Until next time. Until next time. I will see you soon. Bye. All right, take care. Bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of She's Got Drive, inspiring you to take action in your life, particularly in the areas of relationship. I hope you really enjoy the conversation with Coach Cash. She's funny as well. And but listen, what a journey that she has been on um, in her own relationships that has led to her to do this work but and now she she really has such a beautiful relationship now i i um i do know andy um as well as uh coach cass and yeah they're a beautiful family what's your takeaway though you know if you're someone who is really in pursuit of that life partner what are you going to do that's going to be distinct and different as a result of listening to the podcast if you um, do not miss out on her Wanted Woman conference that is happening, and uh, remember if you click the link in the show notes and you get 50% off the summit registration and um, and put in the code Shirley to get that. So put in the code Shirley to get that. I think the most important thing for me about the pursuit of your life partner or the pursuit of finding that special one, wherever that, whoever that special one is. Um, is that first trusting and believing that it's going to happen is important. And that means that you won't settle. I've said it before. You won't settle for less than what you deserve. And when you really get that you're deserving, that person will show up for you. And when you really do the self-work, when you do the self-work, it's amazing the difference that that work makes on you finding the partner that um, sometimes is right under your nose. Right under your nose. So let me know what in the comments um, what you got from listening to Coach Cass. If you go to the Wanted Woman Conference, let us know the outcome of that. And uh, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. So thank you for joining us on the She's Got Drive podcast. If you found the episode exciting, enthralling, motivating, inspiring, then please head over to iTunes to rate and review the show. And then share this show with one woman in your life who is in search of love okay share it with a person in your life who's in search of love and then um let her get access to coach cast too 
She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by Satoria Key. Back to me. Back to me. Um, remember, you can download her song from the She's Got Drive website. Until next time, please go well and stay well.